Well, we're in this series, we call it The Secret Place, and um, I really think it's a crucial topic that we we address as a church, and and um, it's so important. You know, God's will was that, you know, that all people be saved, and that isn't just to get people, you know, fire insurance or assure that they go to heaven, not belittling heaven by any means. But God had more in mind than just that. God wants relationship with us. He wants us to have connection with him. You know, um, we're talking about the secret place, and, and that's all we're talking about is, is having this connection with him, you know, that, that we're aware of him that we're, we're seeing him in our day, that, that, you know, we're not just going through life blindly or robotically or, you know, in, in some kind of a, a religious way, but, but we're going through life, you know, connected with him. And really, that's where the power is in our life. There's so much that's true of us as Christians. It's legally true, but, but vitally enjoyed by having that connection with him. Let me just say this, that, that um, you can be a Christian, born again, and, you know, really never even visit the secret place here on earth, and you'd still go to heaven. You hear, do you hear me this morning? Now, I don't recommend that. I think that, that, that the life that, that we're to live is to reflect what's on the inside of us. The life that we're to live, you know, when I got born again back back in the day, you know, 100 years ago. No, it was only 40-some years ago. And, and, you know, it was in the 70s. I, I, I remember getting into this whole thing. I, I went forward in this church, or it was, it was in a, a meeting place, and, and I, I prayed with, with somebody up there and, and, and at the altar, and, and, and my life was changed. And, and I didn't know a whole lot about God, but I know one thing that in my mind I had was I want everything there is. I don't want to just go through the motions. Are you hearing me this morning? I don't want to just, just play church. You know, I didn't know you didn't know how to play church. I didn't know there was a game called church, okay? I didn't go to church. You know, I, I had a Bible somewhere, but, you know, I never read it much, and, and, and uh, it confused me for the most part when I tried. And... and you know, but then I found that I got born again. I accepted what Jesus did for me, and it wasn't any of that stuff that I had dreaded. You know, I, I, I didn't dig going to, you know, just some kind of formal thing or whatever. I found out it was just about relationship. And, and you know, I remember I carved myself. I didn't even know what I was doing, but I carved myself this secret time with God. And, and I, I, would, I would just, you know, I daily, I, I, I looked forward to just spending time with him. And, and that's what makes it go. You know, and I, I've kind of, you know, I've been saved for a long time, and, and I've kind of grown up in what I would term a word of faith church, you know, and there's, that's, there's a lot of great things that God's done through that. But there's also been religious things that we've fallen into. You know, it's funny. No matter how good you are or how sincere you are, given time, if you're not careful, you fall into religious ruts. None of you. But, but some people do. And, 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 and you know, it, it kind of makes the, the power of God, it, 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 like it robs us of that power. Religious ruts can do that. 
And, and what I, a religious rut, you know, that, that I've seen is that, that over the, you know, I'm talking years ago, was just that, that, you know, if you do certain things, if you do these five things, you'll get your prayer answered. Now, there's principles, don't get me wrong. But you can get so formula-minded that you rob the presence of God from your life. Are, are you guys seeing what I'm saying or hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, you know, somebody has sickness or something come against them and, and would be quick to say, well, listen, you know, if you'll confess 50 times that Jesus took your sickness and, and bear your you know, sins and all that stuff, you'll be healed. Would I've seen people do that and not get healed, okay? And I don't say that to in any way belittle the power there is in confession, but there's more. That's all I'm saying. There's more to it than just confessing things, okay? What's the more? The more is being connected with him. I found this, stay with me for a minute. If I've lost anybody, stay with me. I found this in my life, just, just walking with him, that as I've come against challenges, the answer isn't always to do what I've done before. When I've come up against challenges as a Christian, what I've found that the answer is is to find out what God wants me to do in this situation now. Okay? Sometimes it has been. You know, I've told this story uh, before in church, but, but Dana, uh, in, over the last several years, has had like three different times where she's had like a growth, you know, they've all been on her back. And, and uh, just like alarming little growth, like, you know how those things are, like moles that can kind of grow on your back or whatever, but sometimes they look like, ooh, that's not good, you know? And so I, I see it, and, and I, the first time it happened, um, actually, she prayed with you, Mary, and we, we, just, we just knew that we just were going to pray and believe God, and the thing fell right off. That's cool, huh? Then it happened again. And, and uh, we did, too. This time, we, we put some things on it, you know, and some different things that we felt like that was what God was showing us to do. And, and uh, you know, it probably was about three months, you know, where we, just, we were just speaking to it and putting some different oils on it and things, and it fell off. It's like baby skin afterwards. You know, I felt like, boy, I could have a whole wart fall off me, and I'd feel like a baby skin again or something. I don't know. But then the third time it, it happened, um, right away, you know, again, it's just the same kind of thing. And, and uh, it was like God told Dana right, right from the get-go, he said, this one is going to come off different. This is what I'm talking about. We can get in such a rut. Like, and, and, and even though it's good things in that rut, it's a rut, you know? And we go, oh, well, if I just do what I did last time. Okay, you hearing me now? If I just do what I did before, then I'm going to No. You see, because God designs things in our life in such a way that we're always going to be connected to him. The reason these things work is because of our connection with him. The reason that sometimes, you know, we've just confessed the word, and I, I don't say that in any way to belittle. I, I do confess the word all the time. There's power in it. Okay, I'm going to say this. My dad in the faith is a man that's in heaven now. His name is Kenneth Hagen. okay? Back in the 90s, we called him Brother Hagen back then. And uh, he came to a church in Minneapolis 
and held like two weeks of meetings. And Dane and I were at most of them. And, and uh, this church in Minneapolis was like known for their prayer ministry, okay? And, and Brother Hagin s- stood up on the pulpit and addressed these people, and he said this, and just, he, just, he watched the shock w- roll over the crowd. He stood up and he said, you know, and everybody there is, like, respects him a lot. He's like, you know, Papa and all that. He says to him, he says, you know, I don't believe in prayer. Could have heard a pin drop. More accurately, could have heard jaws drop. Wow, 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 what did he say? And as the silence kind of went on, he looked back at him and he says, I don't believe in prayer. I believe in the God who answers prayer. You see how we can get off just a little bit? We don't believe in confessing. No, we believe in the God who heals our bodies. We believe in the God who wants to have relationship with us. We believe in the God that will be with us in trouble and take our hand and walk us through to the other side. We believe in the God that it talks about in Corinthians. It says that when tests and trials come in, it says that that he's faithful. And that in the midst of the tests and trials that come in our life, he'll show us the way to get out. And we're sitting there, well, this is what I did last time. This is how I'm going to get. Well, I'll tell you what, the path might be different right now. And you better hear from heaven and ask, what is it I'm supposed to do? So the third time Dana had this growth on her back, believe me, we still prayed. I mean, we didn't stop praying. We still spoke the word. Did I even put oils on her and things, you know? But God says it's going to be different. And we we're stubborn. We, you know, you may not know this about me. You probably think I'm nice. But, but I'm very stubborn. I'm inwardly stubborn. I know Stephen has got the biggest amen just welling up in him right now. Because he knows me, and I'm just a stubborn guy. And, and uh, so it went on for probably six months. And, you know, again, I'm the only one that ever sees this, you know, pretty much. And, and, and uh, it was like looking bad. And, you know, we finally we started comparing notes, saying, well, you know, what's God been showing? And Dan says, well, God showed me I was supposed to go to the doctor. And it was like, yeah. Do you know, just because you believe God doesn't mean you rule out going ever to a doctor? Doctors are our friends. On the other hand, too, don't think that's your God either. If you go to a doctor, you better be believing God or hearing God, too. I've gone to a doctor, none in this city, but I have gone to a doctor and gotten wrong, wrong medicine before and, and had to pay the price. Okay? doesn't mean they're all, you know. Just because one dog bites you doesn't mean all dogs bite. (laughs) I'm being nice. Come on. You know, you know me. Anyway, Jesus, yes. Um, So anyway, we went to a doctor, and and that thing got cut off. Just like in, in a doctor's visit, got cut off. 
and healed up. I mean, I, I make my version of it is I didn't have to have anything cut. All I had to do is sit there and pray. But everything went just like planned. And I'm telling you what, they did the reports on it, they did the tests on it and stuff, and it was cancerous. But she was totally delivered. Which way was better? Who cares? Who cares? Follow God is what I'm telling you. I'm just saying we need a secret place. We need a place. If all this stuff is going to work in our lives, it's only going to work in our lives through our connection with him. That's all I'm saying this morning. Are you hearing me? I know I've probably gone down some trails that make people nervous, like, oh, what's he saying now? Well, you know, I'm just saying we need God. I'm saying that, that, that we can't fall into religion. We can't fall into formulas and think that our faith is going to work. Faith works. It, faith works when we're connected with him. Psalm 1611. We'll start here today. I like to say that just to make you nervous. <laughs> I know, I know we started already, but see, see, uh, Brother Hagen, he was my dad, you know, so I, I, I learned things from him. <laughs> Listen to this. This is so good. Psalm 1611 says, you'll show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, our pleasures forevermore. Wow, I like that. Isn't that so good? I mean, it takes all the, the religious preconceptions away, you know. No, in his presence is fullness of joy. God likes to laugh. Yeah. Do you know that? You get around him, I'm telling you what, joy will get off on you. He'll fill your cup to overflowing and sit there and laugh at it while it's spilling on the table. That's what I read in the Bible. Anyway, um, so there's this place we're talking about called the secret place. And the one thing that's consistent in this secret place is it's, where it's in God's presence. It's getting a, in aware of him. You know, it's always tricky because I know, you know this too, God is everywhere. The thing is, is are you aware of him? Are you seeing him? Are you connecting with him? You hear me this morning? Talking about connecting with him. Let's look at Psalm 91. We're going to basically hang in Psalm 91. And if it goes anything like the first service, I probably won't finish the message, but we'll finish it sometime, okay? Psalm 91, um, I'm going to read the whole thing. You know, this is one of, definitely one of my favorite psalms. Probably read it more than most of the, of, of the psalms. And it says this, it's all talking about the secret place. From beginning to end, Psalm 91 is describing life in the secret place. Okay? It says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say of the Lord, He's my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely He'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He'll cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you'll take you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. 
And I'll just stop and just say this, just this whole description he's given. Don't get caught up in the feathers. Is he saying God's got feathers? Ah, Who knows? But I'm telling you this, what what the psalmist is telling us here is that in his presence, in the secret place, in this place where we're connected with him, it's a place of protection. It's a place of comfort, you know. I think about it like a, a mother hen. I'm certainly not a farmer, but I've seen pictures. I've read storybooks, and the mother hen protects the chicks, you know. And, and that's what it's talking about is that God values you, and he's taken care of you. There is protection in this secret place. Verse 5, it goes on. It says, you'll not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it'll not come near you. Say, it's not coming near me. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you've made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Now, just let me clarify something. In this psalm, he doesn't say that these, these, these terrible things aren't going on around you. He's saying this. He says, it's not coming near you. Okay? He's saying that there is a place of protection. He's saying that even in the midst of the chaotic world that we live in, there's a place of safety in him. There's a place of protection. There's a place of comfort in him. That even though the whole world is going crazy, it's everywhere you look on my left hand, there's a thousand, there's 10,000 on the other hand, you know. But hey, I've, I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on him, and there's a place I can walk and be free. You know, if, if, if you're walking with him, you're listening to him. You know, I, I live my life being ruled by peace, or I endeavor to do that. You know, and, and, and if, if I don't have peace, then I don't want to do it. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you hear me? I, I, I check on the inside. And sometimes I've checked on the inside and it, it, you know, it seems like I've got peace in there. And on the outside, it doesn't look like it's something to do. You know, like we should be doing. For instance, I remember when, when 9-11 happened. Uh, yeah, 2001. And like, this is just a really random thing but I'll just tell you I remember it happened and and we're like a few days later we were supposed to go to the Mall of America with our kids and and I remember Dana says should we go and I said well let's just pray and we prayed long enough that I just I had peace inside and I said yeah we're gonna go now if I didn't have peace I would have said we're staying home there have been times when we've canceled things because we just didn't have peace now here's what I wanted to say in all that if you reject the peace, or not, you're not even aware of it, you could be walking in dangerous ground. You could be walking through a minefield, okay? But here, this psalmist here is talking about the secret place. He's talking about being connected with God and hearing his voice and following him. Verse 10 says, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he's given angels his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. You'll tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. 
shall you trample underfoot. Do you guys believe in angels? I believe in angels, you know. I'm not on a quest to see the angels, but I know this wherever I go, there's an angel with me, you know. I know that even in this room right now, our angels are probably partying together. They're probably hanging out. They're probably drinking good coffee from Love Church mugs that are in the spirit. And they're, they're, they're like Shane Johnson. They can party on and hold the cup and never spill a drop. I, they're, it's amazing. I got a hug from the guy coming in today, and he, I saw he had coffee in his hand, and my, I'm peripheral visioning, and I'm looking, oh, is he going to make it? Ah, no problem. I do it all the time. Yeah. Not spill the drop. Yeah. Cool. I like it. I'm, I'm going to work on that. Yeah. I'm still carrying a lid. Anyway, on the coffee. Let's move on. 14. <laughs> All right. Because he set his love upon me. This is frankly where we're going to kind of dwell is in verse 14, 15 area and 16. It says, because he set his love upon me, therefore I'll deliver him. I'll set him on high because he's known my name. He'll call upon me. I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him, show him my salvation. So these few, in these few verses here, he nails seven things that are true, seven things that are realities in that secret place. I just want to talk about some of them this morning. I don't think we'll get through all of them. Maybe. You never know. But uh, the first one, it says, is that uh, because he set his love upon me, he says, therefore I'll deliver him. Aren't you glad we're delivered? You know, being delivered, what, what does it mean to people? You know, delivered from, from accidents, delivered from, from problems, delivered from addictions maybe, delivered from uh, any kind of demonic presence in our life. We're delivered is what it says. It says, it says I'll be with her. It says, uh, because he set his love upon me, therefore I'll deliver him. Now, New Testament speaking, can I talk New Testament for just a moment here? Legally, the devil has been defeated in your life. He is under, you know, under our feet, okay? As far as New Testament, you know, legalities are, go. And, and when it comes to deliverance, you know, I, I kind of think about it like, like any of the shenanigans that the devil's pulling in the world, you know? And I think about it that he has delivered from me. And, and I think about this. I think I don't have to be afraid of the devil, okay? You hear me? You don't have to either. I mean, some, pe- some people revere the devil. Some Christians revere the devil. I, I'll tell you, you know, when, when we started this church 20 years ago, and, and you know, well-meaning people, uh, more than once people would come up to us and, 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 and trying to encourage us would, would actually try to so it would actually throw seeds of discouragement. These are things we heard, like, oh, there's always an oh, kind of a little thing to it. Oh, you don't understand. This is what they'd say. They'd say, uh, there's been people that have tried to start a church like you're going to start in this area, but I'm telling you, there are some high-level devils here. I, I'm serious. People have said that. 
In the same breath, somebody once, in, the, in that same kind of grouping, somebody told me this once. They said that they didn't buy jeans from a certain country because there were demons on those jeans. Okay? They said, you know, there's so many spirits in this country, and if they make the material that you, you know, they're transferred in material, which could be, who knows. But you know what I said? I said, well, if there's demons in them jeans, when I put them on me, the devil's got to go. That's what I said. I said, ain't going to be no devil in my jeans. <laughs> nicely, I said that nicely, you know. And, and you know, I mean, you'll never, you'll never make it here because there's like these high-level demons in the Chippewa Valley that keep anything from coming up, you know, that's, that's spirit-filled or whatever, you know. And I said, well, that's where God told us to come. So I'm telling you this, you're delivered. You're delivered there. You don't need to be afraid of the devil. You can't let the devil stop you from doing what God's called you to do. You see, there's a secret place. Well, let me read this, Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. You know, I, I don't spend a lot of time focusing on the devil. Just like I don't spend a lot of time focusing on sin. And, and, you know, like, like what Daniel shared today in, in communion, both services, so good, so good. You know, I love, just, I love just taking communion and thinking about what Jesus did. You know, it's like my mind just, I, I want to focus it on that. And, and Daniel was, was saying how that in the, the Old Testament, thank God we're living in the day we are. We're living in the last days, you know. When are, when are the last days? Well, you know, we're, all, we're living in them. I don't know how long they're going to go, but it doesn't matter. I'm living in them. And, 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 and uh, you know, in the Old Testament, they had to do so much. They had to kill animals and, and put the blood here and there and sprinkle it all over. And that was so the high priest could walk into the presence of God and get behind the, the curtain, you know, and be where the Holy Spirit was. He had to do all this. And it wasn't that God was trying to keep people away, but it's because sin is yucky. And it's, it's got power, and it can ruin people's lives. So there's my thing on sin, but I'm going to tell you the good news is, is that Jesus dealt with sin. And what he did was more than enough. More, not just enough, but more than enough. So I don't need to be all caught up in sin and worried about sin or worried about the devil, worried about where, you know, there's a demon on every doorknob. Probably, but it doesn't matter because when I come, he's got to go. So Acts 10.38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So I guess I just wanted to make this point is, is that God's not the enemy here, okay? He doesn't bring sickness on people to teach them things, okay? You know, can you learn things when sickness comes on you? Yes, you can. You can, you can take a vacation because, you know, you're dealing with something. But you know what? You could take a vacation and go sit by the beach, too, and learn the same things. I like the beach. Beach is my favorite. Okay? So Jesus went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed 
by the devil, okay? So Jesus is, is, is our, our, our deliverer. So deliverance is a legal matter. Jesus did the work to defeat the devil. And, you know, as we hang in that secret place, that devil's defeat is enforced in our life, okay? Things can be done legally, and we could still get beat up because we don't enforce them, okay? Let me read this in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, this is a prayer of Paul's, and it's, it's actually the end of, of his prayer here in Ephesians 1, starting in verse 19. And he says this, he says, again, praying for Christians like you and me. He says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21, far above. Now that's something that you should have underlined in your Bible. Far above. If you're doing a digital one, highlight it. You know, if you don't have a Bible you can write in, well, you get one of ours, and you can, ours are Bibles you can write in, okay? <laughs> you can. You can write, you can color in them, everything. It's cool. Um, sometimes I like to get a new Bible just so I can start coloring in a new one, you know, writing new things, you know? Anyway, so it says this. This is what you should underline, is that when, when Jesus died and he took on our condition, it says that, 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 after three days, the Spirit of God went in him and said, it's enough, and raised Jesus from the dead and, and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, and this is verse 21, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this age, also that which is to come. How, how clear is that? How clear is that? When it comes to the devil, Jesus, the power that came in him, raised him far above. Let me read on. It says, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And then in chapter 2, it, the, the, you know, the Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses, and the prayer continues, the thought continues, and he says this, and you. I'm so glad it says, and you. He says, and you. Just like if he was pointing, he pointed right at you. He said, and you, Tammy. You. He, was ra he raised you up too. Made you alive. Who, you were dead in trespasses and sins. You walked according to the course of this world. Didn't we all? According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, just as others. Then it gives verse 4. It says, but God. But Say, but God. But God. Kind of fun to say. Yeah. But God. That's really what you ought to say when, when the devil tries to lie to you. He tries to tell you that, you know, you're not going to get it this time. You know, you might have got healed before, but not this time. You can stand up on the inside and say, but God. You got to have a few but gods in your arsenal here, okay? And so he says, but God, who's rich in mercy because of his great love wherewith he, which, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he made us alive together with Christ. 
By grace you've been saved. Then in verse 6 it says, and he raised us up together too. He raised us up. Just all that stuff he said about Jesus being elevated far above the power of the devil and all that stuff. And he says, you, you were raised up too with him and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. That's where we're, spiritually, that's where we're located. It's funny how spiritual realities sound, sound crazy sometimes to natural trivialities. But I'm telling you what, more and more I'm living in that spiritual realm. Things in this world seem kind of crazy to me. I'm seated with him in heavenly places, far above. That's where I'm operating from. Now, you know, I don't want to present this thought that I'm 100% in the secret place all the time. Because I'll be real with you, I've got flesh. And sometimes my flesh screams loud and I, I miss it. So don't, because I'm talking about this, don't think that I've just mastered everything, okay? I'm telling us where we're going, though. I'm saying this is, this is there for each and every one of us to latch on to, to grab into. In the Spirit is a place you can go. In the Spirit is a place where things get done, in the Spirit is where you can stand up and declare what's been done for you through Jesus. And I'm telling you what, realities start happening in your life. You know, I, I always think of this time. You know how, how sometimes people say things to you, you know, and it's even stuff you kind of know, but they're just like an unction to it, and it comes at you, and you go, yeah, you're right. I remember Dan and I, this is going back like 25 years probably. We were at a pastor's uh, Christmas party over in Minneapolis, and, and, and there's like, man, there must have been like 40 pastors. I don't know, there's a bunch. It was a house full. And we, we lingered until the end, and we were, you know, we were those people, the last ones to go, you know? And, and we're sitting there, and there's probably just a few of us there. And this one uh, pastor said to us, it was a woman, and she said, we, we were explaining something to him, you know, kind of personal, about a challenge that we were facing with somebody that we loved. And, and, and not really quite knowing what to do. And this, this pastor, this woman pastor said to us, she said, well, I'll tell you what, Paul and Dana, next time you're in the spirit, take care of it. And I was like, oh, yes, I, I, I get it, I get it. But, you know, that's a place. I, 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 you know, when we started the church 20 years ago, we didn't have a building you know, we didn't have a building except we rented a place on Sunday mornings, and, and we're thankful for that. So anything that was done, my office was in the basement, you know, and, and if we, we counseled with people. What we used to do if people needed, like, pastoral-type counseling, would have them come over and we'd make our kids go in the basement and tell them, don't come up now until we tell you, and they'd, they'd stay down in the basement. And, and, and uh, so we had a weekly prayer meeting, which we still have prayer meetings here. But back then, the only place we could have it was in our living room. All my neighbors knew Wednesday nights because we'd have, we'd have somewhere from 12 to 20, 25 people come to our house every Wednesday night. And they'd line up, this, you know, you know I, I don't live in the city. I live outside of town. And they'd fill our driveway. They'd, they'd dry, park down the street. They, they wouldn't park in other neighbors' driveways. But they all knew we had this meeting going on. Every, I mean... If they didn't know we were pastor, they found out really quick back then. And, and so we'd have people come over every week, and we'd just sit in our living room and we'd pray. 
And, and I think, I think one, one time we had to find Greg. He was laying under the dining room table, and we had to pull him out because he was, he was, he was finding a secret place there or something. But, but anyway, good deal, Greg. But, 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 you know, we'd have these prayer meetings, and, and we'd come together, and we almost routinely, almost said religiously, but I, I refrained, but almost routinely we would say this when we'd start our prayer meetings. Greg, you were there back then. We'd say... You know, I know people got prayer requests and things like that, and those are important. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to endeavor to just get over into the Spirit. We're just going to get over into the Spirit, and we're going to pray on things that God wants us to pray about. And when we do that, it's amazing, but your prayers get answered too. Am I right, Sherry? So we do, right? And, and, and sometimes at the end of the prayer meeting, just we'd take all the prayer requests people had and we'd pray, you know, just declare things over them. But there's something to that. We were getting over into the Spirit because you get over into that place, even with a group. You can go there with a group. And you get over there like that, and I'm telling you, there's tremendous authority to stand and see things get done. Gary was part of them groups back then. He was there all the time, every week. Anyway, I, I won't go down too many more rabbit trails. Talk about YouTube rabbit holes. Anyway, there's a real place called in the Spirit. And what I was trying to emphasize here is in Psalm 91 says that we walk in that place. He says, I'm going to deliver you. You're going to walk in the power of deliverance. See, these things only work through our connection with him, through our connection with him. What other things I'm saying this morning, I'm just going to make sure we get a few things across, is don't have faith in formulas. Don't have faith in this is how I've always done it. Have faith in God. Have faith in your connection with God. You know, over the years, Dan and I, we have changed our diet so many different times, and we eat a certain way, and I would say we eat really healthy most of the time, I kind of go 80-20. 80% of the time I eat really healthy, and I allow myself about 20% of the time to just eat whatever I want. Sundays. I eat whatever I want. Okay? But don't have faith in a diet. You know? Have faith in God. You know? Have faith in Him. I, I'll tell you this. My, my mother passed away last Sunday, you know, and, and I got the call after church. And, and um, I'm going down to the funeral, which is this Tuesday. I'm going to fly out tomorrow because they, they all live in Texas. But my mother lived to be 95 years old, past 95. And as long as I can remember, every day she ate a cheese sandwich, now get this, on white bread. <laughs> and washed it down with a can of Coke. That was important. I always had to have Coke. And it wasn't just any cheese. Over the years, I tried to talk her into having some fine Wisconsin cheese. You know, I even told her that our cows are cooler. <laughs> no, she had to have the kind where you peel the plastic off, you know. That's the kind I want. And, you know, when you're in your 90s, you don't argue with them. You say, okay. We'll get you some cheese with some white bread and Coke. And we'll watch you eat it. And, you know, it should be 95, so hey, no big deal. Go ahead. Have faith in God. Have faith in him.
and not in, I, I still believe in eating right, best of my ability, okay? I do. So I eat Wisconsin cheese. <laughs> That's right. All right, let me do this one. Psalm 91, verse 14. Seriously, we'll get you out in the next three minutes, maybe. Of course, if I'm in the spirit, time doesn't really matter. <laughs> but you know what? It's all right. We live in the natural world, too. What a balance we live. We live in the spirit, but we, we also flow in the natural, too. You know, sometimes people get upset, like, oh, how could you have a time that you're going to end the service? Don't you want to be in the spirit? Well, I could say this. Why do I have a time to start the service? Don't you want to be in the spirit? God will work with us. He works where we're at. He knows you got roast in the oven or cheese sandwiches waiting for you. Ketchup. Sugar-free, though. Anyway. All right. I'll tell you this, too. My, my older brother, when my mom would come to visit him, you know, spend a few weeks, he'd buy a 12-pack of Coke. And he'd look at the Coke, and he'd look at my mom, and he'd say, when the Coke's gone, I'm taking you home. <laughs> you got to know my brother. You'd like him if you knew him. All right. Psalm 91, 14. He says, uh, because he set his love on me, therefore I'll deliver him. I get this next part. It says, I'll set him on high because he's known my name. You've been given the name of Jesus. And I'm not going to read every scripture I, I have in my notes about the name. I didn't write that many in even. But Jesus' name is above every name. You've been given that name to conduct kingdom business here on the earth. You've been given that name to give you authority in prayer. You've been given that name to gain access into that secret place. Thank God we say the name and we can walk right into, right into the throne room. We don't have to go through a bunch of rituals or anything, you know, uh, put bells on our robes or anything like that like, like, like Daniel talked about. We can just say Jesus and be there. What a tremendous blessing. I've found this over the years that, that even in crisis, even when I didn't feel spiritual, I could speak the name of Jesus and, and cross, cross into that place of, of his protection. In, in Philippians um, 2, 9 through 11, I won't read it. In fact, I'm just going to read you verse 10 out of the wand translation. I like this, the JWC wand uh, version. If anybody has it here, that's what I'm reading from. It says, so at the mere mention of it. Of what? Of the name of Jesus. At the mere mention of the name, every living, be living being in the whole universe, whether in heaven, hell, earth, earth or hell, must do humble reverence. That's power there. That's power. Psalm 91, 14. It says this, because we've known his name, he'll set us on high. There's something to it, folks. There's something to this secret place. There's something to living and operating out of that place. That's what we're endeavoring to do. That's where we're going, folks. You coming? Yep. Amen.
Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.